Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Our number two of the get right. We're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Larry D. Flores holding it down for here on the number one nighttime show in DFW Sports Radio. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey. And the Odyssey at the text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atula on Twitter. Coming up here in just a moment, Joel Anderson of Slate and the Slow Burn Podcast and the Hold uh, Hang Up and Listen Podcast will be joining us here in just a moment. We've got a good one, though, in Kansas City already between the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Larry, let's start with the first touchdown of the Detroit Lions as they scored to get things underway. Uh, we'll get that here in just a moment as uh, the Lions open up the scoring and then Patrick Mahomes is able to come back. Uh, we'll get you those highlights here in just a moment here on 105 through the fan. Uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show, we'll talk a little NFL season kickoff questions uh, right here on the Get Right. Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Uh, but in just a moment, we'll have Joel Anderson of Slate joining us here. Uh, let's get you caught up on that first touchdown from the Detroit Lions here. Third and six, Goff. Across St. Brown to the end zone. Detroit touchdown. I'm in Ross St. Brown with the first touchdown for the Lions. And then Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs just moments ago respond with Rasheed Rice scoring his first touchdown of his NFL career. From the one left-hand catch by Mahomes on the snap. So we are all tied at seven with 920 left in the first half. Right now, though, we go to the phone line where we welcome in proud TCU Horn Frog. <laughs> Maybe not so much after what happened this past weekend, uh, but also the host of the Slow Burn podcast and Hang Up and Listen. Terrific writer for Slate. A friend of the get right, Joel Anderson, joining us here on 105 through the fan. Joel, what's going what on? What up, Joel? Chris, Kev, what's going on? Y'all had me on to talk about how the, uh, the Astros hurt all these Dallas sports fans' feelings. Is that, is that relax, Joel? Today? Relax now. We're gonna, look, we're, we're gonna have a good visit tonight, okay? We don't need to start off with, with that historic oh, beatdown. No, wait, hold on. I, I kind of want to entertain this. Joel, Joel, how much depth you got on this? Or was, was that just to antagonize us? Do you really want to get into this? I, I got, I got, I got, I got one more line, and that's about it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We'll let you save that one for a little bit later on. Uh, if you, if you feeling good about that one. Um, speaking of feeling good, um, the folks in, in Boulder are feeling pretty good after what happened on, on Saturday when they came to TCU and took out uh, your Horn Frogs. Before we get to the actual game itself, 
just the overall perspective Oof. on what this team in Colorado and Deion Sanders and what they accomplished given everything we talked about with them coming into this upcoming season, this season so far. Why, why are you doing this, man? We, we got to get it out the way. You got to get it out the way. Actually, actually can, can, I, can I, let me simplify this down a little bit because one thing that I've been looking at is obviously like all of the new faces, managing mm-hmm. to get all those guys on the same page and only having, what, one or two procedural penalties throughout this. Like, that's fantastic. And I feel like coming into this, and KG can attest, I personally was trying to like lower expectations because, you know, we've been in this college football space. Year one is a tough proposition, a whole bunch of new faces. I was like, hey, man, stop. The, don't, don't do the whole <laughs> thing where we put them into a bowl game. Was I hating, Joel? Was I hating? Or, like, is, is that, is that, was that fair? I think that it's reasonable to look at what Dion was doing and say, I've never seen anybody do this before. And, I mean, notably, the offensive and defensive lines were really weak. Like, they just replaced bad players with players that nobody had heard of, basically. And so, yeah, it, it made sense for everybody to look at that and say, I don't see how that could possibly be successful. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Dion did everything he said he was going to do, man. And, you know, so you asked me how I felt about this, right? I think that 45-42 Colorado over TCU is one of the most consequential outcomes in college football, probably. Um, I think it's going to be an existential inflection point for that program that, you know, I mean, obviously they could go 1-11 from here and we could all end up sounding stupid, but I don't think given what we saw on Saturday that that's going to happen. Like they looked well coached. Um, They looked dynamic in certain spots. Um, and they looked resilient. Like, I mean, they, they took a punch from a team that was in a national championship game. Like, I thought TCU had, you know, sort of righted things in the fourth quarter, and then they came right back down the field and scored on them. So, I mean, it's hard to look at what we saw and think that no, uh, nobody other than people in that side, that locker room thought that it was going to go down like that, right? Like, if they had stayed close and lost, then, you know, that's sort of within the range of possibilities. But winning on on the road against a team that was in the national championship game last year, I I don't think. That, that's not hating. That's just we never saw that before. So congratulations to you, Coach Sanders, for pulling that off. <laughs> okay. We, 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 will, we will table the Coach Sanders just for a little bit because uh-huh. we want to talk about uh, your alma mater, TCU. Your mans. <laughs> your mans, uh, Sonny Dykes. Because this is the thing. People have talked about TCU as they were just in the national championship game. Right. I'm not even going to talk about that. You know, I'm just, I want you to acknowledge. I'm not even going to do that to you. But yeah, I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's like, bad enough. You oh, remember how bad you, it was. You know, that, you know that I'm hiding my hand a little bit because on the other side, I'm going to talk about <laughs> your Mans uh, went and got Kendall Bryles to be the offensive coordinator. Man, and come on, man. Why are you doing that? No, because this is the thing. It needs to be answered for. <laughs> it needs to be talked about. Like, uh, And then also, you know, the defense did not look, especially in the secondary, they were able to get danced upon by Colorado. Like, wh- what were your imp- impressions as a dude who was starting to buy in to the Sunny Dykes experience at TCU to, for, you know, week one have that happen? I'm going to quibble with you saying that I was buying into the Sunny Dykes. Oh, no, we got the records, man. Well, don't don't, don't make us go get the tape, man. I think we got that on tape now. Get the tape. Get the tape. Here's the thing. About last year, it was maybe in mid-November when I was like, okay, I will admit that he's doing a good job. I did not say that he was the man for the job, but I'm somebody that is willing to say, you know what? All things considered, first year coach, taking over the situation he did. He did a great job. But if anybody remembers, if anybody follows me or remembers me on this radio station last year, 
the the ongoing thing with me was that I did not believe in Sonny Dykes. Mm-hmm. I saw what he did at SMU. He's got one conference championship in like 13 years as a head coach, and he's you know he had done so well starting off pretty much every year everywhere he been. Louisiana Tech, SMU. You don't talk about Cal, right? Because that's Cal's fault. Cal wasn't good, according to you. You couldn't win out there. So okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll write that off the record. But I never had a lot of faith in him. If you go back and look at last season. I'm not looking at a lot of games where they like impose their will over a lot of teams. Like they mm-hmm. beat Charlton State, but every game was pretty much nip and tuck, with the exception of the Iowa State game down the stretch. And they caught a lot of breaks, man. They were more like a nine and three team than a twelve and zero team by the time the postseason came around. So it's just the reason they're not going to get all those breaks the next year. They were bad on defense, and they're losing all these guys that Coach P, Gary Patterson, had recruited and developed. Max Duggan. Uh, Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller, all those other dudes. So now he's got to rebuild with his team, his offense. He brings in Kendall Browse for whatever the hell reason. You know, I you know I was I was not a person that was on board with that. Um, for, for not just because I don't think he's as good of an offensive coordinator as his name suggests, but because of the stuff that went down at Baylor. We don't have to get into that. But I'm just saying, I never totally bought in, and this is what I mean. Are y'all going to tell people, y'all been reading my tweets, y'all remember that I was the person that said in November 2021, why aren't y'all hiring Dion TCU? Why don't I give that brother a shot? You're going to replace Gary Patterson, the best coach in TCU history since desegregation? Like, you need to think big. You need to think, oh, wow, let's try something different. We need to stay relevant. The, the, the landscape of college football is changing. What's one way to get attention? What's one way to stay relevant? Even if it doesn't work out, you can move on past it. But, I mean, I just – we missed that opportunity. And now, you know, I'm not saying Sonny Dykes is a bad coach. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. But I'm looking at his record. I never thought he was a dude that was going to be the person that was going to take us into, you know – competing on a real national level. And, I mean, playing a national championship game is something, but, like, where people believe, oh, they can go toe-to-toe with Texas for real, for real, or Florida State for real, for real, or LSU for real, for real. Nobody thought that. Nobody thinks that. And nobody's going to think that. We are talking to the president of the Getaway With It All-Stars, uh, Joel Anderson <laughs> oh, right here on, on the, <laughs> the Get Right. Uh, we're Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Fan. I mean, obviously, that was the big story of the college football season. Uh, but I do want to ask you this with respect to what that win, you talked about it a little bit in terms of what that win represented for Dion and the program. For college football as a whole and some of the conversation that has surrounded the game since then, what have you made of some of that commentary in terms of how the program has been shaped and reshaped under Dion and what that means for the larger scope of what college football could be if this remains successful for Dion and the Colorado Buffaloes in this case? I think that in terms, there's only one thing that other schools can probably take from with Dion and Colorado have done, which is you saw them turn over the roster in an unprecedented way. They had some 80 plus different players this year. Only 10 of the guys that were on the team last year on the team this year. And you know, another, the way that I know that this might catch on is because all we got to do is go down the street and see what else happened in Texas this weekend. I ain't mm. seen nobody talk about Baylor. Texas State, the other program in the state, the sec- they accepted the second most number of transfers out of the portal and went down there and beat up on Baylor. So I think that that is something that other coaches are going to get more serious about. They were already looking into the, the transfer portal, but they may become a little bit more bloodless about how they flip over the rosters because they say, hey, look, I can – 
you know, a lot of athletic directors are going to be like, why is it taking you three years? Why don't you bring in some players to show up that spot? But if anybody is hoping that they can do what Colorado did, I mean, you're fooling yourself. There's one Deion Sanders. You can't just hire somebody and build that sort of, like, energy and attention and the charisma that, that Deion has. There's nobody like him, even if you don't like him. And I'm a little, you know, I'm <laughs> – I've got my questions about the dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm the biggest Deion Sanders fan. But, I mean, it was clear that he is unlike anybody else. And if you're a 17-year-old four-star recruit in the DFW area right now, like let's say you live in Red Oak or, you know, whatever, uh, Grand Prairie, and you're thinking about where you want to go spend the next four years, I mean, and you've got Colorado and TCU on deck, what – if Dion comes into your house or Sonny Dykes coming into your house, which picture you think you're going to tweet out to your uh, your followers, right? Um, who, who do you think you're going to be most excited about? And that's the sort of stuff that I'm thinking about. That Like, that's the sort of stuff that no other program can do. I mean, that's not even Sonny Dykes' fault. I mean, you, you could say the same thing about Dave Aranda or whoever, Joey McGuire. Like, I mean, they're not going to be able to build the sort of energy that Dion built. So, I mean – Maybe one way that it'll shift is that somebody else might hire him. Maybe the University of Florida may look at what Billy Napier is doing and be like, hmm, we could do a little bit better than that, right? Um, but it's just there's one of one. You can't hire Ed Reed or Eddie George or Trent Delper and expect the same results as what Dion did in Colorado because there's only one Dion, bro. I mean, we know Dion for a six, you know, almost 60-something-year-old guy, like he's got real swag, not borrowed swag like a lot of these other coaches. And I think that that's so interesting, like that uniqueness about Dion is is seems to be why at least some portions of the college football industry itself seem to dislike him is because yeah. he does not fit into like the yeah. co- the cultural norm of college football. Um, and speaking to like this newfangled, you know, lean into portaling as a development tool. Let's go to the opposite and see who people hate in that realm. Uh, how much joy did you derive from Clemson and Dabo Swinney <laughs> oh, falling on man. their face against Duke. I mean, bro, I mean, that's – I mean, you know, I, I was happy for Duke, even though it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm not really supposed to like Duke like that. I mean, I grew up with you know, real whatever. But um, I, I was really happy for Duke. But for Clemson, I mean, they look sad more than anything. I don't know. Like, did you all take a lot of joy in it? Because I looked at Clemson and I was like, oh, y'all kind of look pathetic. You know, like you can't get out of your own – you know, they did move the ball a little bit, but they turned the ball – they turned it over a couple of times. The defense – I mean, to get outran by a dude from Duke, I mean, Clemson. You know, like, I mean, it just tells you about the erosion of talent and, you know, dynamic athletic talent there. So, um, you know, I'm not the biggest Dabo Swinney fan. And, you know, I just I, – I, I didn't feel – I didn't take a lot of joy in it. I just looked at them and said, man, y'all look pathetic, bro. Yeah, y'all, I mean, and I'm sure that they'll probably go nine and three and they'll do okay. Like, they probably will recover. But to me, it looked like – do you know when, like, Stanford – I'm sorry, when, when Stanford had Jim Harbaugh and they beat Pete Carroll, uh, and it was like a 50-point underdog or something like that, mm-hmm. and won, it was like, mm, this seems kind of like the end. Like, Miami lost a couple games like that, too, in, like, the early 2000s. It was like, ooh. They shouldn't have lost for that team. That's it's probably over. And I kind of felt like, oh, we just saw the end of the Dabo Clemson era. Like they're probably their days being a national championship contender are probably over. Especially if he ain't gonna do the portal. I mean, that's just cutting off your your nose to spite your face, bro. Like I mean, you you it 
it, it's too important to not use. And uh, I assume that the board of trustees and his athletic director, if they, if, if Dabo won't listen to them soon enough, then he probably won't be there for that much longer. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you the reason why I took joy is like in, a, in an industry full of folks that are willing to kind of like grandstand and kind of be a little yeah. smarmy. Um, it felt like two sides of one coin. Like Dion has a little bit of that to him, but it seems like he does that with a genuine love for the players and wanting to get them to a certain place. Dabo seems to be the other side of that coin, and I won't actually say the words. <laughs> I'll give you that. I think Dabo does love his players to the extent that coaches love their players. I, but like you say, yeah, I mean, it's just a little, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I just go back to some of his colors during 2020, which is actually just borderline ridiculous um, and bordering on something else. And yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to take pleasure in his downfall, I would definitely not stop you. Because that is, that's somebody <laughs> I'm going to line up on the sideline and, uh, and ride with for sure. So how, how, what bowl game are we thinking for TCU, Joel? We thinking what, Alamo Bowl? Where are we looking? What you doing? Which I mean, come on, man. What the getaway doing, with man? it bowl. I'm sure somewhere I mean, to be found. I, so I, I'm I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm not I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm a TCU, you know, alum for real. I'm a booster, man. I give money back to the school sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You might uh, want to take some of that back after this weekend. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be like, hey, you know, I don't have enough money to be like, see, I should have hired Dion. <laughs> Uh, but I'm looking, I mean, I don't think they're going to be Texas or Oklahoma. I don't think that they'll be Kansas State. I, I mean, so what, that's four losses right there. And then w- who knows what Oklahoma State's going to do. Kansas is better this year. Texas Tech is supposed to be better this year, even though they lost to Wyoming. So, I mean, I don't know, man. What happens when you lose five games? You, I mean, I don't even know all the bowls anymore. I think that Alamo Bowl might be too good. I, you know, I, Woo! to be honest. Wow. Woo! trying to be realistic like that's the thing people get upset when they say you don't support your alma mater and all this other stuff i'm like no i'm trying to be a realistic fan like i'm looking at the product out there and i'm looking at the amount of talent we lost and i'm looking at the coaching staff that defense that 335 bro take that back to tulsa you know what i'm saying (laughs) take that back to tulsa so i mean i just you know, if they go seven and five, I'll you know I just I just have to live with it, man. You know, I mean, I know y'all will probably call me back and try to clown me and everything else, but look, I'm already I've already accepted it. You can't get to me, brother, because I've already been. We were at the mountaintop last year, and if this year is just a rebuilding year, and we embarrass ourselves in the first game of the year, then I just got to deal with it. Well, you know, this is just how we show love, Joel. You that's know, right. You know we, that. we love you. We I love you. It. And that's why I came on. I went. I didn't mean to hate on the Rangers. Man, I covered some games. Yes, you did. Back yes, in the day. You did. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you Look, did. man, I enjoyed Dallas. Man, y'all have some nice stuff up there. You know, I don't want to be at odds with Dallas. I might want to live there again someday. Well, so. you just make sure you come visit us the next time that you come up here. Okay? How about? Oh, that? bro, definitely. Y'all gonna have to take. I don't know if Nate still exists over at Addison, but if so, y'all taking me there. So All right, we, we can make that happen. Oh, and real quick, real quick, God, we're, we're stretching this pretty long. You're you're gonna be in Texas relatively soon for Tribune Fest, right? Oh man, I thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I'll be in Austin on September 23rd. I know that's a tough sale. That's a Saturday afternoon in Texas. Y'all may be watching uh, college football, but yeah, I'm going to be there doing a live show uh, for Slow Burn. And if you're there and if you're in Austin and you want to see how we did the podcast, we'd love it for y'all to fall through for sure. You can find him on Twitter at by Joel Anderson, terrific writer for Slate, the host of the Slow Burn and Hang Up and Listen podcast. Friend, of the get rights and mostly consistent TCU fan. That's right, Joel Anderson. I'm a consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate y'all, brother. Thank y'all for having me on this always, man. Much Anytime love, Joel. Appreciate I'm it. Appreciate y'all, fellas. All right, man. Peace. Joel Anderson, good enough to join us here on the get right. Coming up next here on your home of the Cowboys. How do you see 
the Cowboys and Giants game going. Our conversation about that next on the Get Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. How do you see the Cowboys and Giants game going on Sunday night football? It's to get right for Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Yo. Larry D. Flores on the down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053, if you want to get in on the conversation. 7-7 uh, seven, seven with about 35 seconds left in the first half between the Chiefs and the Detroit Lions with the Chiefs driving right now looking for points uh, with first and goal trying to get it in the end zone before the end of the first half. We go around the NFL in about 12 minutes here on the get right. But of course... The Cowboys open up the 2023 NFL season on the road Football. in the division against the G-Men on Sunday Night Football. Pre-game begins at 4 o'clock right here on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network 105 through the fan with Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broaddus. It is football time in Texas as the Dallas Cowboys – look to build upon what was a terrific year last year, of course, ending in the divisional round against the San Francisco 49ers for the second year in a row. But this game, Reg, against a New York Giant football team, got a terrific front four led by Dexter Lawrence, improved offensively at the tight end position by acquiring Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders, Saquon Barkley back on a one-year deal to be the running back for this team, Daniel Jones the newest $40 million man there. How do you see this game going between the Cowboys and the Giants on Sunday night? It's going to be an interesting test, right? Um, we anticipate the Cowboys offensive line to be whole if, you know, maybe they had a few nicks and bruises that we talked about earlier um, with John Mashota. You had Tyron Smith with a, you know, sprained ankle was the was the term, but it was my, or actually, 
was mild the word that we used minor. there? Mm-hmm. Minor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just want to get the right wording mm-hmm. there. Um, and then also Tyler Smith has been, you know, seen working with uh, rehab coordinator Britt Brown when it comes to his hamstring. Those guys should play. There's a lot of continuity on this Cowboys team. There is so very much continuity on this Cowboys team. And yes, there's some continuity for the Giants, but when you talk about a team that have, that played at a very high level for a majority of the season in the Dallas Cowboys, the continuity matters. It's the reason why we bring this up in any facet of football, the number of returning starters, the ways in which there have been some cohesion and there's that you know chemistry and camaraderie. I think that week one is one of those situations, one of those places where that gets demonstrated, coming out and having a rapport that allows you to hit the ground running. I think that's going to be huge for the Cowboys. Now, offensively, that's going to it's going to be a little interesting because we've had a lot of conversations about the way that the offense is shifting, how much is shifting, 70%, 30%, all those things. But I do feel confident in this Cowboys team because I've seen them play at a high level. And that level that I've seen them play at with most of these players is higher than anything I saw from the Giants last season, right? So just from that place, I could start there and say, I have an expectation that the Cowboys come out and play to a higher level than the the New York Giants to start with, baseline. I see the Cowboys winning this game, and I see them doing it in a number of different ways. And for me, it starts on the defense side of the football. Absolutely. Um, Because Daniel Jones doesn't do well under duress. And what the Cowboys were able to do last year in getting after Daniel Jones, you think about the Monday night game where Demarcus Lawrence had three sacks in that game. Micah Parsons had three sacks against the New York Giants over the couple of games that they played last year as well. The defense is going to set the tone for me in this game sure. and how Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and how they get after the offense of the Giants, specifically Saquon Barkley and their ability to stop the run. Saquon Barkley, for as good and talented of a player as he is, has had trouble in his career against the Dallas Cowboys and their ability to ensure that they are stopping the run because I believe that's where it starts for the Cowboys on defense. Containing Saquon Barkley, forcing Daniel Jones to be the guy that beats you and try to use guys like Darren Waller and others to try and beat you on the outside, where I still feel good about this Cowboys secondary with Trayvon Diggs, with Stephon Gilmore, which I'm extremely excited about to watch on Sunday night. The Cowboys win this game in my mind because the defense is going to be the thing that gets after Daniel Jones, more specifically the pass rush with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, and others, and the depth of that defense line, which we've lauded throughout the course of this offseason. Absolutely. And I guess it, 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 it's probably telling that like I immediately jumped to the offense because that felt like the part, like, the defense felt like it was a known commodity. Sure. But it's, it's, I'm glad that you made it, you know, you said it because it, it needs to be said, right? That the defense is the tip of the spear on this team now, right? We've seen the way that they've invested in it. You talked about um, Stephon Gilmore, the way that multiple safeties have been paid in this offseason. They, they have made this a priority on this team and they used quite literally the highest draft capital possible in this upcoming or in this previous offseason to bolster a defensive uh liability so to say right in making sure they added Mozzie Smith at defensive uh and nose tackle to try and help shore up that run stopping and hopefully he will develop that pass uh that pass rushing ability as well but no this is something that they as a team have made a priority and it's it's for good reason we saw this defensive line be incredible and go after the quarterback and that's going to be necessary when you talk about um quarterbacks run this thing man and if this team is going to be able to do anything the Giants that is they're going to need Daniel Jones to be on his best behavior it's really been a tale of two Daniel Joneses for the Giants the Daniel Jones that I 
believe is more likely to be the real one and the one that we saw last year. And it's going to be incumbent upon Micah. It's going to be incumbent upon Osa, Demarcus Lawrence, Jonathan Hankins. I name there's so many of those dudes. Sam Williams, all those guys. Yeah. To to test out and see how real is it now. I'm interested in asking because you mentioned Saquon, you mentioned some of these other guys. You didn't mention maybe one of the guys that I have a little bit of not legitimate concern for, but a guy that I'm looking towards for these Giants team to maybe be a playmaker and that they are looking to be a playmaker, and that's Darren Waller, the tight end that they added. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see it going with him? Because I, I'm fairly comfortable knowing this Cowboys defense, but that is a playmaker, and anytime you go up against another team, you circle numbers and say, that is a playmaker that we have to account for, and I believe Darren Waller is one of those. And I think that's the beauty of this Cowboys defense is that they have playmakers at all three levels, and you go to the secondary when it comes to defensing Darren Waller. I love the matchup of J. Ron Curse mm-hmm. dealing with Darren Waller, a physical guy that can play in coverage and is a guy that I believe will give Darren Waller problems, even with the athleticism that Waller presents you know, at the tight end position. So that's where I think my confidence goes to with this team is you talked about the offensive side, the defense, and what they can do on all three levels and giving, yes, Darius Slayton they've got there, Hodges, Jalen Hyatt, the rookie out of Tennessee, with some of the skill guys that they have. The Cowboys match up, I think, extremely well on all three levels. And even with Darren Waller and what he presents with his pass catching ability, his athleticism able to get out in the open field, Jaron Curse in this uh, safety group, I think, will be able to be up to the task uh, when it handles this game. And when I start thinking about X factors for this game as well, the biggest one that comes to me, and I'll go to the offensive side, for me, is going to be Tony Pollard in this offensive line. Tony Pollard, of course, coming off a career year with touchdowns, touches, rushing yards. If this offensive line is mostly healthy, and we're thinking about obviously Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith, which you talked about in terms of the injuries that they're dealing with, how they set the tone from a physicality standpoint, running the football and making things easy for a Mike McCarthy called offense for Dak Prescott. I'm excited to see Tony Pollard get after the front four of the New York Giants that's very, very good. We talked about guys like Sean Robinson, Dexter Lawrence, and others. Leonard Williams, of course, along the defensive line as well. The trenches, I think, will be huge and an X factor for this game and how they're able to help Tony Pollard and this running game get going to help have some ball control against this Giants defense. I think that's one of my X factors going into this game on Sunday night. Yeah, man, I, I, I have no real concerns when it comes to this Giants team in a real way, right? I know that they just added Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Xavier McKinney is a solid safety. But when we start talking about safeties, I'm really excited to see what Jake Ferguson does. Woo! Because um, one thing we know about West Coast-inspired offenses, which this one is going to be, the ball is going to get out quick. They're going to try and get guys in space. Ferguson is an upgrade on Dalton Schultz in that he has the athleticism. He turns, he burns, he goes quickly, right? He takes things and tries to get yards in space. CeeDee Lamb, we saw a lot of that, getting yards in space and doing those types of things. I think that those are going to be the things that um, I anticipate from the offense, and I think they should be able to move up and down on the field uh, fairly well. I know there's folks that are saying that, Hey man, you might want to take the under on this. I'm I'm not so certain, although I haven't looked at the over under, so I probably should actually look at that number. But uh, I feel confident in the Cowboys' ability to move the ball, and I think that they should be able to win this one fairly. fairly and I well. and you mentioned it a little bit. The secondary for this Giants team can be had. You've got two rookie corners on the outside for the Giants, and I feel good about my All Pro wide receiver and CD Lamb, and a guy in Brandon Cooks, highly productive, six one thousand yard you know, receiving seasons in his career to be able to cook 
against that secondary of the New York Giants. I think that's going to be another huge aspect of this and how, watching how Dak Prescott is the maestro of this Texas Coast office that we've been talking about so much throughout this offseason, I think Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb have a real chance to be able to get after the secondary for the New York Giants. The number, real quick, is 28.4 in the last two seasons. No team has averaged more points per game with their starting quarterback than the Dallas Cowboys. Since 2021, the Cowboys are scoring 28.4 points per game when one rain Dakota Prescott is under center for this Cowboys team. Kickoff at 720 on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, 105 through the fan. G-Men host America's team on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. It is halftime in Kansas City with the Chiefs up 14-7 and a record set at the quarterback position in Cincinnati. We talk about it next on the Get Right. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Larry D. Flores on the down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Tomorrow, I'll take your lunch break with the KNC Masterpiece. They will begin their Football Friday Feast Weekly at Buffalo Wild Wings, and they are kicking it off at Buffalo Wild Wings on 4140 Lemon Avenue. Thanks to Miller Lite, your chance to win a pair of Cowboys tickets with a parking pass as well. Wait, say that one more time. What? What? You get a chance to do what? Win a pair of Cowboys tickets and parking passes? Yeah, that parking pass is crucial. Y'all better pull up. Yeah, y'all worried about the tickets. That parking pass is what? what's... You know, the value. Well, I mean, well, you, you got to have the tickets, too. You're not I just, mean, of course. Let me just get two parking passes right quick and then just go and sit outside. Well, you know what? That's not the worst thing in the world. Thank you. Them tailgates but are fun at AT&T. Tailgates are amazing at AT&T Stadium. So, yeah, you get to go to the game itself. But obviously, yeah, the parking pass, you hang out with all of your Cowboys nation uh, there as well. And uh, you have a chance as well as uh, Cowboys merchandise throughout the broadcast. So uh, we'll see you at Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow with the K&C Masterpiece. Uh, again, Buffalo Wildlings, 4140 Lemon Avenue. That's in Dallas, right? Uh, that would be. Okay. Uh, Larry, let's go around the National Football League right here on your home with the Cowboys. It is halftime in Kansas City. The Chiefs up 14 to 7, the reigning, defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, see Patrick Mahomes go. <laughs> Going 12 of 17 for a buck 47 and two touchdowns in the first half. What's funny about those numbers, and Reg and I were talking about this during one of the breaks, you know, the Chiefs are kind of taking what the Detroit Lions are giving them. Which, lot- which started last year. I mean, yeah. people just, well, actually two years ago, really, people were just deciding. Oh, no, it was last year once uh, Tyreek Hill left. They were mm-hmm. like, look, man, you're not going over top. Yeah. We just we just going to peep, you know, keep too high coverage, and you're going to have to be more deliberate and you know, work underneath, and now they have even even less like a notable 
wide receivers and uh, options in that way. And with so, all due respect to Rasheed Rice, all due respect uh, to SMU, SMU product. That's yes, right. but hey, they're the idea is we are going to make that dude. We know that he's capable of it, but we're going to make him do that over and over and over again, and have to pick his you know pick his spots. And maybe just maybe he makes a mistake. And today the answer is no, not not a mistake, not yet. The Lions opened it up with a 14-play, 91-yard drive that included a fake punt uh, that got them up 7-0. And then the Kansas City Chiefs went on a 13-play, 75-yard drive that culminated in a Rasheed Rice touchdown reception. Uh, And then the Chiefs were able to get another touchdown right before the end of the first half on a 6-play, 82-yard drive that took up a minute 28 seconds. (laughs) Yep, that's right. An 82-yard drive. That took up a minute, 28 seconds. Uh, that touchdown going to Blake Bell for four yards. The Belldozer. That's right. Uh, former Dallas Cowboy. Uh, former Oklahoma Sooner. Shout out to Chris Arnold. Uh, so Chiefs are up 14-7 to at halftime in the opening game of the 2023 NFL season. Apparently, though, Rez Petty is strong in Cincinnati because as the game was kicking off between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions, the Cincinnati Bengals decided to announce that Joe Burrow has signed the richest contract in the history of the National Football League when it comes to being the highest paid player ever, signing a five-year, $275 million contract extension with 219.01 Million dollars guaranteed, officially making him the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter. That means Joe Burrow will be making a whopping $55 million a year. All right, here I am to rain on the parade. First of all, I mean, Petty, that wasn't going to stop no show. Right, it's the literally the first game of the season. They, well, you know that, that news is not stopping the, no show. The Chiefs, the Bengals rivalry. Okay. Yeah, all right, buddy. Uh, no, but this is the way I'm actually going to rain on the parade. Like for real, that was the fake rain. That was uh-huh. like the you know the little drizzle. That was the dark clouds. Oh, the okay. ominous clouds before it comes through. Uh-huh. Um, we really got to stop doing this where we do the uh, where we 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 hype the numbers. And I know the agents are obviously doing this intentionally, right? They want it to be like look at look at the spoils of my war, right? Like look at <laughs> look at me. Uh, not bad, vi- Victoria. <laughs> conqueror <laughs> agent and look at all the money I got my uh, my client but really what I think is what needs to be the case is that we need to start talking about these contracts in terms of percentage of the cap because that is that is like the money continues to go up and up and we are going Shout to, out to Aaron Rodgers we're going to continually <laughs> get like so flabbergasted and amazed by the sheer numbers of this but if you do not keep the context of everybody's getting paid in this, right? Like, how much money are the teams bringing in in all of this? It's not like, oh, man, these dudes are getting paid outsized. Put that in the percentage of the salary cap, and we're still in a place where we're like, oh, yeah, no, that that is the going rate for quarterbacks and everything. And I understand a lot of people can be reasonable about this. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have fun because, he, boy, this show, we love having fun. Mm-hmm. I just think that we we do get to a place where we open folks up to doing the, man, he makes $55 million. Why isn't he doing this? Like, well, that's kind of. That's the name of the game, right? Like this was the expected step. He was he's one of the guys that we consider an elite quarterback. Elite quarterbacks get this, this, this. It really is really formulaic. And so, look, I I get it. Agent, we all want to play, you know, have fun saying $55 million. It's fun. That's a hell of a lot of money. But um, it's it's kind of standard now for what's happening as quarterbacks go in the league. 
Joe Burrow is now the fourth quarterback this offseason to sign a market resetting contract. That's, of course, after Lamar Jackson signed a five-year, $260 million deal. Then Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, $255 million deal. Then your man Justin Herbert in Los Angeles signed a five-year, $262.5 million contract. Did you mention the pass rusher in uh, San Francisco? Oh, we'll get to him. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to him. And then, of course, Joe Burrow, five years, $275 million. Shout out to Nick Bosa, of course, who signed that $170 million contract, five years, $34 million per year, gets a record $50 million signing bonus. All I could think of was, hello, Micah Parsons and David Mulligata. Beep. Woo! Beep. Beep. You know what that is? Yeah, that's that Brinks truck backing that's up. That's right. It's a Jerry Jones's office. That's I'm so excited for this season. I'm even more excited after Micah Parsons puts together another all-pro season, possibly defensive player of the year, and the number that's going to come in for him and his contract. Because one thing David Mulligata does, his agent, he sets records. The guy that holds the, holds the record for most guaranteed money for the quarterback position, Deshaun Watson, you know who his agent is? Mulligata. Yeah, that's right, David Mulligata. The guy that set the record for a safety pay in the National Football League, Derwin James at the time. Who's who's that? Yeah, that's uh, David Mulligan. Oh, okay. You know, the guy who at the time set the record for most money made by a corner in the National Football League, Jalen Ramsey. You know who his agent is? I'm guessing it's David Mulligan. Yeah, that's David Mulligan. Did did he contract you to do all this? You you nope. doing you cutting a promo for that man. Love seeing a black man succeed in this oh, business. Okay. And David Mulligan right. is out here putting in work uh, for his clients. Micah Parsons, David Mulligan, a client. Uh, but congratulations, to Joe Burrow. He deserves it. He's been on Joe Burrow's been on a hell of a run. I want to run this down real quick from Adam Schefter because he kind of put this into perspective for him. How about this five year run for Burrow? Twenty nineteen wins the Natty and the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty drafted number one overall by the Cincinnati Bengals. Twenty twenty one named the NFL's rank, uh, comeback player of the year and reaches the Super Bowl. Twenty twenty two reaches the AFC Championship game. Twenty twenty three lands the biggest contract. In NFL history. I mean, we we saw it coming. He was really good at quarterback. This is what happens when you're really good at quarterback. You set the market. Then you're the next man up. Like, that really is just how this goes. As we continue around the National Football League here, uh, speaking of new deals, uh, Justin Jefferson wants a new deal, but it's up to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, speaking today with respect to that, uh, he continues to uh, take a nonchalant position, apparently, when it comes to uh, the talks to extend his contract saying Thursday he would like a new deal, but isn't sure whether it will happen before Sunday's opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, quote, of course, I want a contract to be done. But at the end of the day, it is all up to them and what the ownership wants to do with that. Why are they not? Why, in quote. Pay the man. Because they did just give T.T. Hawkinson a bunch of money. Um, what did you call him? T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, OK. No problem. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. Okay. Okay. Uh, they gave him, uh, you know, a nice new contract at the tight end position. Uh, this should be a fairly easy layup. Yeah. Uh, and to get done for Justin Jefferson. Not only that, he's young, and it's not one of those positions where you go, "Ooh, I don't know if we're going to get the value out of this contract." You will. Like, I don't think you anticipate a wide receiver to fall off quickly, particularly not a wide receiver like that. Um, he's been very good for you. If he wants to stay, like, lock him up. Especially now, you do it now as opposed to like later when this thing continues to uh, roll over. Um, I do find it interesting that he's taking more of a laissez-faire approach because did you hear what Mike Evans is doing? 
Mike Evans set a Saturday deadline. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's like, uh, give he's me this like, money. We're not, or we're not doing he's this. He's like, look, man, this is my final year here, right? Tampa. If y'all want to get a deal done, do it by Saturday, or I will play somewhere else next year. If I'm Tampa, Bay, I'm like, cool. Oh, you just gonna let him go? They're in a rebuilding stage at this point. Mike Evans is not gonna be there. I think regardless, oh. if he if he wants to have a chance to win a Super Bowl, he's getting out of Tampa Bay after the end of this year because they're not going anywhere within the next at minimum two years. At he's this point. thirty years of age. Yeah, he's got he's got to go. I, I don't blame him for, you know, either trying to get all the money he can extract from Tampa or being like, yeah, this is my final year here. I'm going to go somewhere else to try to win a championship. Well, if he, if he was going to go somewhere else, you didn't think about trading him or nothing? But, well, they're not going to trade him. Okay. They're not going to trade him. Okay. Um, so he's just going to walk for nothing next year? See ya. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we were on the same page. Yep. Uh, that's your trip around the National Football League here on the Get Right. On 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next here on 105 Through the Fan. Finally, we reached the end of my rewatch of the 2022 season. Yeah. Let's relive the highs and lows of the Dallas Cowboys playoffs last season. We'll do it next on 105 Through the Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.